If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. And you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, everyone. This is Podcast Unlocked, episode 606, which is a very fun episode. And today I'm joined by Khalif and Destin. Ryan is out, like he said yesterday. Yes, Destin, thank you so much for that. I'm waiting for the BAM. BAM! Bam. Gotta do that. You gave me a BAM spot. I love it. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Yes, yes. It it deserves its own spot, so... (laughs) Yes. Um, how is everyone doing? Baldur's Gate 3 is launching tomorrow. Very excited. And I know Kyle already has a character set up. <laughs> oh my god. It is it is one of the hardest things to do on the planet, which is like first to make your character, because I spent God knows how long in the character creator. And then the hardest part is finding out a name for your character. I didn't think it was gonna be so difficult because I want to tend towards making a dirty pun name and I didn't. <laughs> Well, I kind of did, but I kind of didn't. So it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's kind of chill. So, okay. And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it. Not yet. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Okay. Well, well, maybe maybe some of our viewers can help you with some fun, like. Yes. Please double send entendre me. Double names, you know? That'd send be me fun. some double entendre <laughs> names for my character. I, I, usually when I play things like GTA uh, role play, I'll do like a really interesting fun name. Like Contangelo mm-hmm. Jackson was my name in. Oh my God. That's so <laughs> in, good. <laughs> in, in GTA role play. It will not be this in, in Baldur's Gate, but I am so excited for this. I, I have been waiting for a minute. Every time they show showcase a new piece of the game, I'm just like, oh man. So yeah, lots of goodness coming in for, for Baldur's Gate fans, especially. Yeah, I'm a huge D&D nerd. So for me, I'm just like, I'm I'm ready for this. I, I love this. I want a skill check. I want it to be as accurate to that gameplay as possible. It's amazing. But um, it's interesting, though, that it, it sucks because Xbox players aren't going to be able to get this 
game for a while. So let me read you the quote where Larian Studios explained on why that was happening, because it's not due to any exclusivity deals or anything like that. So they said, following yesterday's PS5 and release date announcement, we've clarified that right now we're planning to release Baldur's Gate 3 for PC, Mac, GeForce Now, and PS5. That said, we have no exclusivity for which platforms we can bring Baldur's Gate 3 to or when, and we'll announce support for additional platforms if and when we're ready. We're seeing a lot of varied interpretations of what that means, so we wanted to clarify further. We've had an Xbox version of Baldur's Gate 3 in development for some time now. We've run into some technical issues in developing the Xbox port that has stopped us feeling 100% confident in announcing it until we're certain we found the right solutions. Specifically, we've been unable to get split-screen co-op to work on the same standard on both Xbox Series X and S, which is a requirement for us to ship. Um, mm. There is no platform exclusivity preventing us from releasing Baldur's Gate 3 on Xbox day and date, should that be a technical possibility. If and when we do announce further platforms, we want to make sure each version lives up to our standards and expectations. So, Destin, I want to go to you. How do you feel about this? It's fine. I have a PC, so. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, no, <dude. laughs> uh, so it's it's sort of interesting Larian came out and said, like, it's the S isn't really holding us back in terms of development. Like, it's not harder to develop for, but Microsoft has this policy and Microsoft's working with them to get the split screen running at at least a, a reasonable quality on the Series S so that they can ship the product. At least that's what I'm reading based on the news stories we have on IGN.com. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, it's annoying. I guess, you know, it's it's a huge bummer that yeah. Xbox console players won't have access to this game for a little bit longer because they need to optimize split screen of all things on the Series S. Um, like, can you just, I hate to say it, but just don't do split screen on the Series I S mean, if yeah. it's holding back a whole release. I know, don't but. Do split screen on that. At the same time, we still haven't gotten split screen on uh, Halo Infinite. So, I mean, yeah, I so. personally don't mind the fact that they're taking extra time and care into making sure this port works as best as possible. So I'm a little worried about that part, too, because <laughs> does it feel like a thing that people are going to play this game split screen on a, on a I mean, you need a really is, big TV yeah. to make that work in a really good way. Yeah. With all the UI elements and all those things kind of that you have to play around to make that stuff work. I, that just seems like a logistical nightmare for that team to have to try to figure out how to play stuff uh, so that everyone can kind of know what they're trying to do. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, this is what I'm glad that we are just enjoyers of video games and not developers. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, because if a person's looking forward and a person's looking backwards, they have mm -hmm. to like render all of that info. It is mostly yeah. top-down perspectives. So. Yeah, I guess yeah. just doing that double render is just must just be tanking the FPS on the on the S or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, th this is a game that a lot of people do play co-op, so it makes sense that they do want split screen to work as best as possible. Um, just because a lot of people do enjoy it with like like. Uh, my boyfriend, he just plays with like the same group of three people every time a Baldur's Gate comes out, you know, Divinity, they've also played together. So it's one of those things of like, I totally get that there is that like dedicated audience that probably does have and a lot of co-op and split screen as well if they're like, you know, in the same location. So I'm glad that they are thinking of all of their players, but it does suck that it does mean that less people get to play it who might be playing alone, right? 
yeah. yeah we'll see how that how that translates i i, I would be really interesting when it does drop what it'll look like and and how if oh, if yeah. and when it does what what kind of permutations they got to figure out of how to move things around and how to get everybody in the right spot and and what it'll graphically because this game is gorgeous especially oh yeah on, on pc <laughs> uh it's been in early access for for what a year yeah yeah for a yeah. while yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, speaking of games that people can play on Xbox and all platforms right now, though, I really want to talk about this game. And it's our headliner topic today because Ka was like, Stella, we got to we got to freaking talk about this game. And I'm like, yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, congratulations. Gearbox Publishing has announced that Remnant 2 has sold more than one million units in its first week across PlayStation 5, Xbox Series and PC. So this game launched on July 25th to high praise from players and critics with the excitement around the long-awaited sequel clearly converting to sales as well. Uh, Gunfire Games CEO David Adams said to everyone who helped us achieve this amazing milestone, thank you for your unwavering support. This was a multi-year journey for us and we couldn't be happier to see fans having such a great time with the game we put our heart and soul into. then Gearbox Publishing San Francisco president Yoon Im also added Remnant 2 exceeded our expectations as a commercial and critical hit. We're incredibly proud of the Gunfire team and everyone here at Gearbox Publishing who brought this title to life. So this sales milestone um, is pretty great because it, it shot Remnant 2 to the top of Steam's bestsellers a- ahead of its launch as well. And they actually had a very positive response to uh, the community and they were also announcing that they're going to be working on updating the game, making sure that there are performance updates, because I know the PC one was a little lackluster in terms of how it was operating for people who may not have a higher end graphics card. Um, And also the PS5 had some invite error issues as well. So besides that though, they have been very great at communicating with their community, telling them, hey, these updates are gonna come up. And also this game is such a big leap from the first game. So Ka, I wanna ask you, cause I know that you also want to rave about this game. So um, what has your experience been like in Remnant 2 so far? This game is so <laughs> good. It's so yes. good in so many different ways, like from just like putting your, cause I'm playing this on PC and on uh, on Xbox currently. So I'm playing on a controller on both. Um, and it feels fantastic just from the controls, pick it up and, and start to play perspective. I think the what Gunfire really did, and I noticed this when, when when I checked it out at Summer Games Fest this year, was everything feels amazingly tight. Controls feel tight. Some of the mm-hmm. best sound design I've heard in a game in a long time in terms of not only spatial awareness stuff, but also like ick factor. This game has like <laughs> great, gross, icky, yucky, gross noises where yes. you're just like, what is that? I have no idea what that is that's about to come around this corner, but I'm scared and I don't like it. It does that in a really fantastic way. I think the way that they built out so many of the systems that are in this game, it just really feels amazingly polished in a lot of different ways that you can tell, like we talked about in the beginning of the show of them listening to the feedback from fans from the first game and really implementing on on a lot of those changes and making it kind of the better version of what that first game is going to be. So I, I am just blown away by what they've been able to do. And, and it's been a blast playing this game. Yeah, I, I love that Melee actually feels really responsive. It feels like it's, it's immediate, which is great. That's how a Melee should feel. Very powerful, um, they, too. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, all the different weapons you can get. Um, I actually got a throwable hammer that's electrified. So what? it's it's fantastic. Yeah. So you can just throw it 
and it'll just appear in your hand again. And I'm just like, oh my God, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> um, and it's actually great. So I, I love that not one person's playthrough is ever the same, because even if you roll one of the three mm. worlds that you can start in, you might end up going to worlds that like another player will never see. And also everything in those levels, like all the dungeons are completely different. And it's crazy because I really wanted to get this secret boss, but I couldn't do it because my my rendition of that area did not have that boss. Mm. And it's so cool. And Destin, I know you, you started playing this. Mm. Um, do you know which world you rolled? Is it Yesha, Losong? No idea. No, okay, uh, I okay. skipped a lot of the story stuff because I wanted to try out the gameplay portion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm in like a sewer. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. yeah, I went down to a sewer and that chainsaw okay. bag killed me one time. And oh. I picked class with the dog. I did too. I'm the handler. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As, as soon as I saw the dog, I'm like, oh, well, I got it. That one. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Kyle, what class are you? Uh, the bruiser class, the kind of like more melee focused, the one who Ooh, looks like okay, a knight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I like that character a ton. It just, it feels tanky. It feels mm -hmm. like you can take some hits. And a couple of the, the powers that are in that just feel really necessary for Remnant uh, in the ways yeah. that this game is unrelenting. This game will beat you behind uh, and make you feel bad about your life. <laughs> and I was like, I need some tankiness to make sure I'm not going to die so much in this game. Mm -hmm. So I picked the kind of more bruiser class for what it is. And it's it's so good. It's just it's really, really good so far. The gunplay is so satisfying. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. as soon as you unlock your your weapons right at the beginning of the game and you go from like whatever you had in for the intro cutscene to what you get to use with your character, just the starting out weapons, like they're really fun. And you instantly feel uh, a satisfaction and a desire to see well what else is out there like you're describing this hammer that you just got stella and that's that's exciting <laughs> to know that the loot in the game continues that trend of giving you rewarding chases to have in remnant 2 mm. yeah you give it like I, a nine right i think yeah let me double check that right now yeah. uh ign remnant to review yeah i'm pretty sure it's an it, it, it's getting high praise from all, all the destiny players i follow oh yeah everybody's talking about how yeah, great we remnant it a 2 is and uh i believe travis northup reviewed it who is yep. a fellow destiny player mm -hmm. uh, he loved it so it's hitting all those right notes and that's that's awesome yeah. yeah uh so we rolled yesha and it's one of the um most rare starting areas because it's a specific it's like the forbidden garden something like that so we oh, are in that yep. and that's like one of the most rare drops like the rare locations you can go to and some of the bosses like you have to coordinate everything you know like there's this giant aoe like wave that you have to dodge over and like you know people have to take turns looking at the boss because then you'll get like madness uh, accrued and it's so cool and i genuinely love this game and i think that a lot of people in the fps world like who aren't destiny players are missing out on this because i've heard a lot of people go well i didn't play the first one how necessary is it it's, like, it's not necessary at all i mean kyle <laughs> you and i played the first one right and destin did mm -hmm. you play the first First one i played a little bit but yeah yeah it doesn't matter like the story yeah, yeah. <laughs> the story is whatever in my opinion to be to be frank like the intro <laughs> sort of sets up some some drama yeah and i'm just like all right it's an excuse to go kill stuff yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i, I oh feel... there's a big bad thing that we gotta kill got <laughs> it you know yeah i'm sorry gunslinger but like listen if you didn't if you wanted us to focus on the story more maybe you shouldn't have made the gameplay so fun you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, are, you and, find, are you finding that you're leaning into certain things specifically because because of the procedural generation of the the rooms mm -hmm. and and of the maps are you finding that you're kind of leaning into different kinds of gameplay that you wouldn't have because of that forever changing world kind of stuff you know i'm not the type of person to look at guides even though i help on our guides team yeah. but for this you will literally miss entire areas we found a location we couldn't figure out what we were supposed to do after a certain thing and i looked it up and i was like guys there's a there's a hidden wall are you kidding me and now because of that we all run into every single wall just in case because we're now paranoid and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I have not felt this exhilarated in um, this type of game since Elden Ring. And I'm very happy because Elden Ring was my game of the year. And now this game's out. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Cause I'm, I've, I've been getting kind of tired of the uh, live service, like a FPS games, like Call of Duty, Every Apex. Game, yeah. You have to like live in it. Like, yeah. and <laughs> that's the only thing about Remnant. Like I hit, 50 something in season one of Diablo 4, and they're doing all these patch reversions. And I just don't know what to do anymore with the time that I do get. It's like, mm -hmm. well, okay, I can be a master at Diablo 4, or <laughs> I can leave that in the past and try and catch up on Remnant 2. And then by the time I get caught up in that one, you know, Starfield's going to be here. So yeah. uh, I totally hear you on the live service game because. Uh, a lot of these are just demanding so much of your time to be a part of the the universes. And I think we're starting to see fatigue because as human beings, we do have a limited amount of time, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. But, but this is a good one. It is, but <laughs> it's interesting because here's the thing. Um, Gunslinger games did take into account people who would absolutely know life this, including data miners. So usually a lot of, usually a lot of companies are like, well, we don't really condone data mining, but no, they absolutely just leaned into it. So I don't know if you guys heard about this, but of course, so each area has its own secret class that you can unlock. I'm in an area where you can unlock summoner, I believe. I don't know the official one, but you can like summon things, which is really cool. I'm trying to find it, but there's one class that is only available to people who data mine. So to give you guys a little bit more background, um, Rich Ferrodi, who is one of the pr team's principal game designers who focuses on quest levels and puzzles said, we love to put secrets in everything. It allows us to stir up conversations among people we've never met and provide just a little awe and mystery. So they, uh, data miners sucked some mystery out of their original game. So they decided to lean into the fact that they're always going to have data miners. So Ben Kirtan, Remnant 2's principal game designer on progression and gear, told IGN, we're always going to have data miners. That was the initial catalyst of going, hey, let's come up with something that's really interesting where data miners look into files and go, hey, what's this? And we were going to have a puzzle on it or a math equation or some kind of weird stuff. So one I guy noticed that. that there was, yeah, one guy noticed that there was like a door that he could not figure out how to get past, right? Which if it was me, I'd be like, ah, it's probably something later Then forget about it. Mm -hmm. This guy didn't let it go. And there was a corrupted door that no one could go through. So a group of the most dedicated players and data miners banded together to figure it out on Discord. There was a player named Oliver Nikolich, who goes by Barut on Discord, who had a very little chance of uncovering this deeply buried secret. That's because he's never done any data mining before, didn't have any programming experience. But he had 15 Red Bulls, a premium subscription to ChatGPT, and a lot of free time. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so he would put in some lines of the code in ChatGPT and try to like convert it into what it possibly could be. Um, and he asked ChatGPT to run a script looking only for items labeled as corrupted. And only one in-game item was corrupted for each slot in a player's loadout, meaning one could equip oneself with a full loadout of corrupted items. The theory was that in doing so would allow a player to pass through the corrupted door to claim the archetype hidden on the other side. So they figured it out. And now that's a class that only data miners can access, which is absolutely wild. And Gunslinger Games were like, yeah, we, we did that for you. And I think that's crazy. I mean, Dustin, you love looking into code and like all that technical stuff. Like, are you going to do this? Well, I probably won't. I don't know. I'm kind of <laughs> tempted to, honestly. But um, I think it's just cool that they lean into data mining as opposed to like being really stern and telling players not to do that. A lot, a lot of games don't like it when you start digging into their code and stuff like that. So the fact that they're just like, you know what? They're going to do it anyway. Let's yeah. have some fun with it. I love that just philosophy from a designer. That's great. Yeah, Ka, are you going to try and unlock this one? Oh, see, now now I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> now I kind of want to see what's going on now. Also, I'm wondering how that works if you're just playing on console. Like, how do you continue to get some of True. that stuff if you're not playing it on PC? I wonder if that just uh, removes that ability to kind of do that since you can't do that really on, on console. But... I, I love stuff like that. I, I, I wish I was a fly on the wall when they were having that conversation with their P, whoever they were working with on PR, because PR was probably pissed. They were like, heck no, what are you doing? Why would you let people do this? They're going to tell all our secrets and mm -hmm. find all that stuff out. But it does, again, feel like, you know, them listening to the community and understanding who their, who their player base is. And then also kind of giving them a reward that you don't really see happen in a lot of different games across, you know, multiple genres where you would want to see this ha where this happen. Um, I also wonder if this is just going to be a thing that people really lean into with other games now. That would be amazingly cool to be able to see that across some other games coming down the line at some point. You know, that would be rad. Yeah, I feel like Gunslinger has just done such a good job of really making the second game a solid game after their first one right because the first one was kind of like in my opinion i feel like it was them saying hey look at what we can do and then remnant 2 they're just like oh we can do that but better and now that they have money they have resources they're able to they were able to do more stuff like this like hidden in the files so i feel like it's just one of those cases of where you see a studio get a little bit of funding and then really showcase how great of games they can make. And I just, I want more people to talk about this and to play this because it's genuinely so good. And it is a little, I will, I won't lie. Uh, if you play on veteran difficulty, it is pretty hard. Like you will yeah. get your butt kicked multiple times on different bosses and areas. What level's veteran? Is that the- It's, it's middle, it's like normal. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's like normal. It's, um, or like, I guess it's the baseline if you've, you're kind of good with FPS games, right? But like, it will kick your butt because it is still kind of like a Souls game in the way it works. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I want more people to to play this. It's still pretty approachable. It's very easy to learn. Um, everything's pretty straightforward. So I, I don't know. I want more people to play this, Kyle. Like you and I will talk about this all day. <laughs> I, I need more people to play. We talked about playing together because we need to make yes. that happen in a real way. Uh, you know, use your mods. That's a thing that you need to do if you're playing this mm -hmm. game. Check it, you know, explore. This is like one of those games where Gunfire has really made it so that exploration is 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 a thing that people really want to be able to kind of do uh, in this game. And that's yeah. rare for, for first-person shooters, too. You don't really find much ex exploration as a part of the gameplay loop. Uh, yeah, 
this is I, I wonder where this is going to land in those those uh, end of the year conversations because I think this is one of those kind of fly under the radar kind of mm -hmm. games unless a lot of people are talking about it. Yeah. So I do wonder where this is going to land because the first one had kind of critical success. Yeah. And then also kind of grew its 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 lore or, or kind of grew its uh pr his prominence in that way. This feels like it's going to be another one of those games too where you're like, oh yeah, that game was a <laughs> banger. We need to put that on our end of, end of the year list. So we'll see. I know it's it's honestly going to be really hard to beat uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Zelda. but in terms Ooh, of yeah. this is also just as impressive, in my opinion, just for mm -hmm. like what you can do in a first in, in a third person shooter, right? So for me, I think it's very it's going to be up there. It's it's mm, it's going to be up there. Maybe second game of the year. We'll see. I know, but we're also Ooh. waiting for Starfield, so it's it's tough, man. But I want this <laughs> to win some awards yeah. because. They have done so much that technically I don't understand how they make this work. And yes, there are some technical issues with like, you know, how it runs on certain platforms, but it's so good. <laughs> like they've yeah. been able to make sure that no one ever has the same experience, which is incredible. And every time you play with a friend, it's something different, which is great. So, and also for Destin, you like Destiny and the yeah. bosses here have like same puzzle. There's like lots of puzzles in here. Um, <laughs> there are lots of cool dungeons and the bosses also have mechanics where you have to like really coordinate. So, and you have, you know, you can have less people in a raid or like, you know, in the dungeons here. So that might be a little bit <laughs> happier for you, right? <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, we should all play. Ooh. I just I would, realized. I yeah, that would be great. For that would be a lot of fun. Actually. Yeah. All right. Unlocked crew plays. Minus, minus Ryan. But it's okay. <laughs> Ryan chose to take a vacation. So. <laughs> this week's podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the e that's n-o-r-d-v-p-n dot com slash u-n-l-o-c-k-d and that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan and best of all there's no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the e this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups in breaking news Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Yeah, well... 
So it's no secret that we here at IGN love to play games and review them, but our opinions might be different from yours. That's why IGN is setting the record straight to find out which games you think are masterpieces. Whether you like their incredible graphics, innovative gameplay, or compelling story, we want to hear from you. And the rules are simple. Log into IGN.com or the playlist app, search for your favorite games, and click through to the game title page. Click Rate Game, then complete each section of your review. Hit Save at the end of your review, and voila, you've helped create an icon. Then, depending on how well-reviewed a game is, it'll be awarded a bronze, silver, or gold icon award. So... Which game would you want to have the gold icon award? And I'll go to Ka first. Ooh, that's a really good one. First of yeah, all, yeah, like which to... which games did you pick to win like gold? Oh gold man, icon yeah. I I like to throw wrenches into things, and I I think that one of the things I like to do is a lot of people go for nostalgia picks when it comes to that. I like to go for fresh and new. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Exo Primal as my gold. Really? I love oh. this game and it's crunchy. So it's just like a chip. <laughs> but it's crunchy oh in God. the best ways. It's dinosaurs, it's mechs, it's all these wild things coming together at the same okay. time, putting you on yeah. screen. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for the new the, the new shiny game. I'm gonna go oh. Exo Okay, 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 yeah. Dustin, what about you? What would what would be rewarded a gold Pringles icon for you? Zelda, I guess. Like, really? Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that means I don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, no, the I guess game of the year, right? So gold. Okay, <laughs> that would yeah. that would definitely be the one so far. <laughs> so far. Okay, you know what? For me, I'm gonna do Remnant too, because you know what? If it's not gonna be my game of the year, I'm gonna give it a gold, a gold Pringles icon. So I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So Ooh, a little long. That's true. That was a good one. <laughs> There's so many good games, but that's good I had because so many. <laughs> I had to look at the list. I was like, oh God, what came out this year? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. There's a lot, but this is good because you as a community, you can make your voice heard. So again, all you have to do is log into IGN.com or the playlist app and rate your favorite games to immortalize them as Pringles icons. Then chat back often to see how your favorites stack up. So maybe we won't be alone. Maybe someone else will vote the exact same way that we did, which will be fun. <laughs> so moving on to another game that has won tons of awards. So this was a pretty big announcement over the weekend. So there was FanFest, uh, Final Fantasy XIV FanFest that happened in Las Vegas this weekend. And their announced was that Square Enix promises to bring games to Xbox whenever possible following Final Fantasy XIV's announcement. So during the Final Fantasy Fest event in uh, th this weekend, Final Fantasy XIV game director Naoki Yoshida, or Yoshi P, welcomed Xbox head Phil Spencer onto the stage alongside Square Enix CEO Takashi Kiryu to celebrate the Xbox release announcement. So Kiryu made the following statement, as CEO of Square Enix, we want to continue to deliver fabulous games to fans across the world. And of course, we want to welcome the Xbox community as well. And starting with today's announcement of Final Fantasy XIV, coming in spring 2024 and whenever possible, we are planning to bring our games to Xbox for players around the world to enjoy. We're really looking forward to working closely with Phil and the Xbox team to make this possible. And then Spencer also said in response, thank you, Kiryu-san. We deeply respect the rich legacy of Square Enix, and we look forward to building on the relationship that we've established in bringing Final Fantasy XIV to the Xbox and partnering closely with you and the Square Enix team on future games. So I know, Destin, this was pretty big news for you and also for me, but how do you feel about Final Fantasy XIV being on Xbox? 
th this huge. <laughs> the fact that Final Fantasy 14 is finally coming to the Xbox platform is huge news. People have been waiting for this announcement forever, basically, because the game was released, I believe, on the PS3. So it was a PS3, PS4 cross release, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. And I did a Let's Play series with Greg Miller when he was still at IGN. We did like a, a several part series where I sort of took him through the beginning levels of the game. And it was a lot of fun. I actually got to travel to Japan and ask Yoshi P almost a dec decade ago. Oh. If, I'm not sure on the exact dates. It's been a while. About... <laughs> potentially releasing it on the xbox platform someday and uh this was a promise phil spencer made that finally came to fruition it's i see a lot of people like oh yeah it came out however long ago and then they i believe 14 is the one where they destroyed it and then relaunched it yep. right a realm reborn yeah so oh my god yeah i played <laughs> the original when i was living in texas oh no Wow. Yeah, I played oh the, the original in Texas when I was not even at IGN yet. Wow. So this has been like a whole journey. And there's so many community members out there. There's there's this guy, Del Monte, who is like losing his mind about this <laughs> announcement. And for Final Fantasy players, it means a whole new swath of players, a whole new like resurgence of interest. Not like it ever went away for 14, but more players coming into this awesome world and that's just great news the fact that it's finally like a complete release and everybody can play i just think that's so cool yeah how do you are you into mmos like have you played final fantasy 14 no i'm not into the mmo space or have, yeah. i haven't played this particular game but the thing that that comes across is one i got to see that video of of uh del monte losing their mind <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was such a that was such a beautiful like gaming moment of like seeing someone who's really excited about a thing finally coming to a platform <laughs> but the thing I, the biggest takeaway for me is getting to see all of those three folks on a stage together yeah ushering this in and how big of a story that is not only for what xbox and microsoft have have been trying to do for a long time which has broadened their, their their reach into the japanese market but also this is a big moment for phil spencer's legacy i think like phil's phil legacy uh, phil, phil legacy phil spencer <laughs> has been talking about this and getting this done for such a long time i think off the heels of the we're going to give it an air quotes win for the the conversations with the ftc and all those things that are kind of, you know, back ending this and then seeing this now be them winning a, a part of that case. And then also now this announcement happening at this around the same time, this feels like a resurgence for the information that is coming out of the Xbox camp. It feels like they are getting some wins that are that are going to be felt throughout the, the rest of the Xbox nation. I think if you're looking and you're a part of that ecosystem, you're looking at this and saying, for all the conversations we've heard over the years about Xbox not getting things done, they are getting some big things done uh in in the in the past couple of months so i think this is a big uh moment for them as a team and i think this is a big moment for xbox fans uh, overall yeah i'm with you i'm not really an mmo player but there was a pretty big stint where i just was super into this game and would level mm -hmm. and i like caught up to the expansions it's it's an mmo that's so good at playing off of what you want to do in an mmo like there's fishing you don't you can 
cook. You don't have to do any specific things. You don't even need to play the story. Um, and the customization in this game is just wild. It's amazing. So I'm really glad that Xbox players are going to be able to get their hands on this. And also the... It comes with a free trial, so you don't even need to subscribe. And they're extending that trial to now include Storm Stormblood. So it's going to be three full expansions that you can play through. Yeah. Which is actually yeah. kind of crazy. Uh yeah. for free. So and that's also going to be on Xbox. The base story, I'm I'm like in the middle point between the base story and like the, the first expansion. Mm. And I have two hundred hours in the game, like some <laughs> insane amount of time, you know, because the way that leveling was originally like it took longer so i played a lot at launch and and that's like the worst story in the whole adventure is like yeah. the that i'm in i've heard amazing things from like mamon and armando who have kept up with this game religiously and like mm -hmm. eric sap at igm plays a ton um the people who play adore this game and i'm just excited that it will be coming to more players at the end of the yeah, and this is one of those MMOs that actually feels really good on controller. I've actually it gone does. from yeah, I've actually gone from playing on keyboard and mouse to just like leaning back and just playing casually with my controller. And I'm so glad. Like I, I use an Xbox controller for this. So I'm just like, yes, it's it's perfect. Mm -hmm. It works beautifully. Oh my God. So it makes me very happy that people are going to be able to play this from the comfort of like their couch, which is it's a perfect couch game. It really is. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing it'll work just fine on the S. No Baldur's Gate yeah. 3 problems because <laughs> it works on a PS3. Uh, yeah, but it still looks gorgeous. But it, it it is going to have an update with its new expansion, which is great, like a graphical overhaul, which I said I'm never going to forget about those boxy grapes because it lowered the FPS and performance of a specific area. But it's, it's honestly stuff like that. The fact that Square Enix is so good at owning up to their mistakes that make this game as good as it is because like you said dustin they completely destroyed the game and then they brought it back you know you know uh khalif brought up a good point also about burying the lead here the point is final fantasy games are coming to xbox mm -hmm. period mm -hmm. and they're going to be working on those games that have been locked away on on playstation for so long so I, I don't think it's a coincidence, and this is tinfoil hat Destin talking. I do not think it's a coincidence that the Activision FTC thing happens. Uh -huh. The FTC drops their case, and all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, we should probably be good with Xbox again, because things are going to even out quickly after all that's said and done. Yeah. And, and uh, sorry, just another aside about this game. Mm -hmm. Several years ago, I don't know if you can find the footage, but I did like, fan spotlights where i captured like b-roll of them like doing all sorts of cool stuff with their magic and like i i did a whole bunch of features for this game back when it was on the ps4 so for me it's really exciting and to see people like del monte and the people who've helped me throughout my final fantasy 14 journey mm -hmm. react to this and be excited <laughs> about it it's it's just really heartwarming to say the mm -hmm. least yeah, gaming should bring people together. And I, I love that it is doing more of that. I mean, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, what what platform should I get this game for? When can I, where can I play with you? But now we do have a lot of crossplay, which makes me feel really happy. And now we have this for one of the biggest MMOs out there right now. So makes me very happy about that. Um, I do want to move on to our next story though. So speaking about controller feeling good, uh, <laughs> I, I do have, an elite controller and i was very worried about what would happen if i had to repair it right which is why i'm very like ginger about the way that i use it which i'm sure it can 
deal with a certain amount of abuse, but you know, just in case. So if you have a broken Xbox wireless controller or an Elite Series 2 controller, and you feel like you can repair it yourself, Microsoft has made buying genuine parts for it a lot easier. So this was reported by The Verge that Microsoft now sells replacement parts on the official Microsoft store, including thumbsticks, buttons, and top case covers. And previously, if you broke a button or your thumbstick suffered from drift, you had to either rely on parts made from third-party retailers or just outright buy a new controller, which gets pretty expensive. So... Prices for replacement parts vary depending on the part itself and which controller you're trying to fix. A top case for the Elite Series 2 controller is $6 more than the standard Xbox wireless controller, for example. Um, so there's also an added caveat, and the top cases only black and white are available. So despite this, Microsoft's variety of replacement parts is more robust compared to its competitor Sony, which only sells first-party replacement thumbsticks for its high-end controller, the DualSense Edge. So uh, let's see that it's selling re official replacement parts and uh, is an ongoing trend for the company as it began a similar similar service for Microsoft Surface devices earlier this year. It struck an, a deal with the activist group as you sow in 2021 with Microsoft agreeing to expand repair options and allow its customers to exercise their right to DIY repair their devices. So Ka, I know you you actually got me a custom uh, spot on me controller, which was fantastic. So yeah. how do you feel about this? I mean, you know, being able to repair your own controller, do you feel confident enough to do that? Heck no. <laughs> I don't, no, I'm not opening that thing. That thing is just going to die and live in my closet unless I find somebody else who can, who can fix it for me. But I think... One, I think this is also uh, what we've seen Microsoft and Xbox lean into has been uh, sustainability over the past couple of years in terms of making sure that their products are eco-friendly, all of those pieces of the, of the conversation there, which I think has been a really good a good deal. And then, of course, because we need that for the planet, that's amazing. But what I do, what, I, what I'm really excited for is now that you can get these genuine parts, I wonder how this opens up a market for those third parties now to use those genuine products so that you can get a really sexy custom version of an elite <laughs> controller because that's been the one you know kind of like negative about the controller uh configuration tool that they've built over over the years the the design lab is when you really haven't been able to do a lot of work on on a um on an elite controller you've just been able to do it on kind of the normal controllers now i wonder if this opens up more folks to be able to do some design stuff uh in, in works and make really pretty versions and custom versions of those yeah justin do you have an elite series controller i don't remember if you have one i don't think i have a two okay mm -hmm. uh i i have a version of the elite series and i love that you can just pop the buttons on and off but yeah. kind of like, I know what I want for the D-pad. I know what I want for the sticks. I just put them on and they just stay on there like forever, right? <laughs> so uh, beyond that, I don't really mess with it too much. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it would be nice to have a, a two, but I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I have so many control, Xbox controllers yeah. like uh -huh. just around the house. So okay. uh, I, I use my Elite when I use, use it computer stuff and i use it on the xbox and it's great i don't know what else to say about it. it's expensive no i yeah, think the so, two is a little better price though right yeah so okay yeah. so since you have you mentioned you have so many controllers so this is probably not something that you're going to look into right because you have so many like the the fact that you can repair your own controller yourself because you have so uh, many you can kind of like just cycle through them <laughs> well i mean <laughs> anything breaks i always try and fix it myself so even okay. if i wouldn't have been intimidated by it anyway 
oh, or some weird big man thing. Dustin. <laughs> well, no, that's just how I am with yeah, yeah, yeah. around the house. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just part of who I am. <laughs> I, I always try and fix stuff, my, stuff myself before I bring it to like a repair shop. Yeah. If it's warranty, I just, it's just like if it's covered under warranty, just let the pros do it. Mm-hmm. But if it's past warranty, I'll, I'll open it up and I'll tinker around and be like, okay, did I fix it? Great. If not, throw it in the garbage, I guess. <laughs> you know? okay. yeah. like if it was already broken, you can't really mess it up, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's Tinker. my philosophy. Tinker yeah. away as much as you can, right? Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then our last story real quick. Uh, Microsoft has announced the lineup of games joining and leaving Xbox Game Pass in mid-August 2023, which I can't believe it's August already. Um, wow. Time is an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to have the addition of Everspace 2 and removal of Death Stranding. Oof. So I know, I know. I feel like it Play just it. got there. <laughs> Play Death Stranding at least through the first few chapters because I think once you get to the snow area, mm-hmm. some interesting stuff happens, but I understand why people would bail at that point because your movement gets slowed down so much. Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend you just like give it a shot just because it's so unique. Uh, so hopefully people get the play before it's out. When, when does it remove? Is it gone already? So four games are leaving the service on the 15th, which is including Death Stranding, um, Edge of Eternity, Midnight Fight Express, and Creative Assembly's Total War, Warhammer 3. So it's going to be gone August 15th. You'll know You'll know after your first delivery if you like Death Stranding or not, because like it's <laughs> yeah. about Traver- the, the game is about traversing the world and getting your deliveries done without damaging packages. Mm-hmm. But what you get to do with your experience from doing that is build routes within the world that actually other players can utilize and they give you real-time likes and thumbs up for it. So I have all sorts of, I can't remember what it's called in the game, but kudos or whatever. Mm-hmm. And also okay. this is this is director's cut, right? I believe it's director's cut. That's part of mm-hmm. Game Pass. And it's, there are a lot of improvements. Um, it's a really interesting game. It's very Kojima. It's mm-hmm. very, like I see the Metal Gear roots with, how some of the combat works it reminds me a lot of metal gear 4 mm-hmm. and um it's one of those games that i wrote off because when you describe it it sounds like it's a delivery simulator and people gave me a hard time for it so i was like all right i'm gonna play through it i'm gonna beat it and i really really am glad i did i really ended up enjoying it highly recommend sorry to go on a little tangent no you're fine yeah no people have until the 15th to play this and then things will get replaced so things that are coming i'm just going to go down the list so august 3rd they're going to get a short hike that's on cloud console and pc bro first forever which is cloud console Mm -hmm. and pc august 8th limbo great game cloud console and pc august 9th airborne kingdom cloud console and pc august 10th everspace 2 for Cloud and Xbox Series X and S, August 15th. So that's going to be replacing uh, Death Stranding and the other games that are leaving. Um, And Limbo, yeah. Then the games leaving are Death Stranding, Edge of Eternity, Midnight, Fight Express, and Total War, Warhammer 3. So those are the games that are coming. I really liked Limbo. I have not played Everspace 2, but this might be a good chance for me to do it um, because I I love space. So. I think Everspace 2 is launching on Game Pass because we did the idea at Xbox <laughs> Showcase where we, mm-hmm. I can't remember what the specific news beat was, but I, I think it is launching as part of Game Pass. So, Yeah, we we'll got the- we gave it a 7 out of 10 in the early access review. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what it is for full yeah. release, I suppose. Yeah, Everspace 2 is one of those games, too, that is like one of those hidden gems where people really, really love it or mm-hmm. they really just didn't get into it. Um, and Midnight Fight Express is also like one of those under the radar games, too, like top down brawler. Feels a little bit like Hotel My uh, Hotline Miami in in some ways, but also kind of has this like fun uh, born. Uh, what is it? The, the born uh, yeah. movies mm-hmm. yeah. kind of feel uh, really fun game, too. I think people should check that out. Yeah. For sure. Okay, also, uh, Limbo also came up before I was at IGN originally. It was a 360 game. Yeah. Uh, I adore this game. It was by far one of my favorites. A um, lot of pretty violent stuff happens. <laughs> but yeah, it it's... The way that it does storytelling is very unique. And there wasn't really... A company doing anything like this at the time mm-hmm. this sort of kicked off the braids and mm-hmm. the insanely twisted shadow planet at the time summer of game whatever it was called yes yeah. <laughs> summer of arcade i can't remember oh, ryan right. always talks about it so but uh yeah wonderful game if for some reason you haven't played limbo yet just play it it's not that yeah, and it's it's pretty straightforward. It's very much storytelling through environment, which I really love. So it leaves a lot open to interpretation. Um, I think I played Limbo because it was, you know, I, th- I think it was a game of gold at one point. So I just played it because yeah. I had access to it. And I was like, wait, this is actually really good. It's terrifying, but it's so mm. good. And then that's when I also fell in love with like, you know, Inside, also similar games like this. So very good, uh, very interesting and dark indie game. It's really special. Yeah. It's really special. I highly recommend people play it. Yeah, we're we're showing all the violent bits on video if you're watching, so we're so sorry. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, that's if you mess up, so don't mess up. <laughs> Damon's review was just the kid dying over and over. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks, Damon. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Well, we are running out of time here, but I do want to give everyone a chance to kind of say what they're doing, where people can find you, especially Khalif. Thank you so much for coming in and filling in for Miranda while she's busy with guide season because the games are not stopping. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It is madness. And and thank you for, for, for both of you and Ryan. And, and to, to be fair, all of the, the folks in the IGN community for welcoming me so, so kindly. I've gotten so many messages on social about how, how, how much they enjoyed my time here. Hanging with y'all and continue to, to want to see more of me on the show. Rocking with y'all. Uh, yeah, it's a fun stuff coming down the pipeline. We had a really great conversation on on our show, Spawn on Me, uh, around uh, another podcast that I love called the Iron Lords Podcast. So we, we did a little conversation with them about, you know, the way of the world. Uh, Evo, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. I know you're a, a part of the Lords crew, at least coming through here and there to come hang out with them. Um, and yeah, Evo is this weekend too for folks who are checking things out. So fighting game tournaments are going to be a big thing. I will not be going sadly because I don't want to get anybody sick because I just got a little sick. But uh, we'll be covering a lot of that during the weekend as well. So make sure you check out Spawn of Me stuff on all podcast platforms, Spotify, YouTube, all that goodness right there. Yeah, be sure to check them out. And Destin, what are you up to? Well, first of all, Mitchell and Ronnie are going to Evo and Mitchell's going to try and compete. Yes. He has been doing a series on IGN called Road to Evo. Yeah. Go watch it. It's, it's good. so good and not enough people are watching it. Highly, highly recommend. He hired somebody to, to train him. Mitchell's already very good at fighting. Yes. But he actually hired somebody to work with him to improve his Guilty Gear. I believe it's Guilty Gear that he's going to be competing in. 
skill set. So go watch that series. There's two episodes, and the third part is going to be his actual run at Evo to see if he can get out of pools. Mm. Pools are like the the intro portion, and he's competed at a few Evos now. He's been on stream before, and this is this is a little snippet of it. So that's what I want to promote. I love this series. The comments are all positive, but it's sort of hard to find. So look up uh, Road to Evo over on IGN and go check out Mitchell's journey thus far. Uh, beyond that, you know, my personal stuff, youtube.com slash Destin channel, Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it now, <laughs> at Destin Legary. But uh, that's what I, I want you to go check out Mitchell's thing because that's the my favorite thing that I've watched probably the last few weeks. Mitchell is a monster too in oh, fighting yeah. games. Yeah. He wrecks people's faces when he plays. He's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very fun watch, and Mitchell's just like such a, a great human being that it's really um endearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of my favorite people at IGN. Um, as for me, you can find me everywhere at Parallax Stella. Um, I'm, I've been more on Instagram and threads because of the whole, like, I don't know what to call it, X or Twitter or whatever. Um, so that's uh, ParallaxStella.official because someone's sitting on my handle. But the next few things are, ooh, I'm going to be covering the new Overwatch season and new uh, hero coming. And also, of course, the Overwatch, or the Apex season as well. Everything likes to update at the same time. So that'll be the next few things that I'm working on that you'll see next week. And yeah, I think that about does it for us here at Podcast Unlocked. And this was episode 606, which is a palindrome, right? Yeah. 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 I, I got to host one of those. Yes. So <laughs> Ryan always gets to say it. So I'm, I'm happy I got, I got to say it this time. So love it. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to us and we'll see you next week. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.